Welcome to Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's episode features Christopher. Christopher is a Scottish gentleman. He um, very much likes the Dark Souls games. We talk about Dark Souls from a dad's perspective. We talk about Scottish soccer for some reason for about 10 minutes. So enjoy that. Uh, We also talk a little bit about Italian medieval poetry. So this episode is kind of all over the place, but I think you'll enjoy Christopher's story overall. Remember, always send me an email if you'd like to be on the podcast, dguspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. listened actually to it probably isn't your most recent podcast it's probably the one before that perhaps we were chatting to someone and he had young children in his house mm-hmm. like and like his wife saying that uh, you know she didn't want them to be watching the uh, watching them play Dark Souls and like I totally I, I can totally see that and it's exactly the same thing in, in my house and we actually I actually always turn off like the blood and everything like that in the game because I kind of like the idea that it's it's a bit you know goofy. It's not it's not real, you know. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And it's uh, more cartoonish than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that and some of it may be a little bit scary, but I've just like I've I've noticed like my 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 wee boy's nearly three three years old, and he you know when he watches it. Like he understands somehow, like, um, like when you know you died comes up, he goes, "Oh no!" He, he somehow knows that this means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and totally. Yeah, and like my my proudest moment of uh, of uh, of Dark Souls and possibly was the very first time I was invaded when I played Dark Souls Two. Like I got it like the day it came out over here. And um, you know, and uh, I got invaded when I got to the area around um, Macduff's bonfire in uh, Lost Bastille, like on those steps. Absolutely, um, yeah. Somebody, I know exactly where you're at. And, mm. Yep, and I uh, like so it was the first time I'd been invaded in the game. I had my newborn son sitting on my lap at the time. And uh, and even although like he was sort of sleeping and wriggling around and everything like and waking up, I was still able to beat like this this guy that had invaded me, and I was like, yeah, you know, like I'm you know a properly a proper good <laughs> soulsman. You know? <laughs> so great. That's like uh like the guys that play it with like you know weird like a rock band controller or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. like, ha- being able to life. like have a baby in your arms at the same time is pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's ultimate pretty... dad points. I have a, a yeah. friend of the show, uh, the Lore Hunter. Um, he's expecting a new child, and uh, I think he said like the baby is due. And Sean, if you're listening to this, I apologize if I get this all wrong, but I think the baby was due like October 13th, and then the DLC for Dark Souls 3 is coming out October 25th. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I reckon I reckon my wee one, I reckon Michael was like probably 
like while he was still on the inside, you know, I think he I think he heard a lot of Dark Souls one, you know, music and and uh and deaths and things like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gonna be like those kids fun. that grew up um listening to like with the moms that would put headphones and like make their kids listen to classical music in the womb, like and that's yeah. especially comforting yeah. for them and throughout their lives. Like the you died noise or the invasion noise is gonna be your kids like, Okay, I need to go to sleep. <laughs> turn on yeah, turn yeah, on some Dark Souls. Totally. Yeah, 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 that's right. Oh, he's not sleeping. Put on the uh, put on the asylum demon music. <laughs> <laughs> Go fight Ornstein and Smo again. <laughs> we need to get this child sleeping. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. How did you? Uh, how did you find the Souls games? Like, how long have you been playing the games? Right. So I know, like, I don't know how many Scottish people are you've had on. Um, on Don't Give Up Skeleton. You've had uh, James Carter, haven't you? Um, he was on uh, uh, Dark in- this week's Dark Inside. Um, and he said right, he, okay. he would come on to uh, Don't Give Up right, Skeleton. Okay. I just I haven't That's had a chance to. Because uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard it yet. But there, there's a funny thing with like Scottish video games, right? Because I, I guess, you know, like we share most of our media with the rest of the United Kingdom, you know. But um, there are certain sort of distinctively Scottish voices in video games. And um, this goes back to the early 2000s. There was actually, you know, like a, a mainstream television program on our national broadcaster called Video Guide. And, and uh, there were two guys that, that, that did that. And it was sort of a comedy show with, with video games. And um, so it was when those two people, um, Rob Florence, and more particularly Ryan McLeod, when they started sort of talking about Dark Souls, um, this is a long time after their, their television program stopped, but um, they kind of had this following um, uh, on Twitter. And that's where I first started hearing about it. And then another Scottish person, actually, Keza McDonald, who was writing for IGN at the time, was also someone that was, that was really big into Dark Souls. And what happens with me is that I can go for ages not playing a video game, like, uh, you know, years. And then I'll just get into something to the point where, you know, that's, you know, that is, that becomes my hobby, not like playing video games. It's it's one game, you know, it's it happened to some extent with Skyrim for me. Um, and... Uh, and it definitely happened with Dark Souls. Like I wasn't playing any games. There was like I thought I'd maybe sort of given up on video games, and then I heard so many people talking about Dark Souls and what and what it meant, and I thought, yeah, this is worth this is worth a go. So I went out and got a secondhand copy for the uh, Xbox 360, mm-hmm. and I think I think I spent about seven hours trying to get out of the asylum. Like I couldn't, like I couldn't, <laughs> and I remember something like I, I had like enough sort of RPG smarts to realize that once I get to Firelink, see if I just kept running up the steps to the to, to where the aqueduct is, and kept fighting those guys and just kept killing them, then like I would be able to level up. <laughs> so I must have spent like maybe two hours or something, something crazy. You know, just how can I level up? How can I get you know enough so that I can kill these people with one shot and all this sort of thing? And uh, I think the first time 
that I even went into the aqueduct. Aqueduct, the rat poisoned me. You know, like mm-hmm. everything. You know, like I, I just was terrible at the game, and I can I can remember getting to that first bonfire in the undead parish, and and just feeling that yes, like and and it was at that point I knew that. Well, okay, this game might be too difficult for me, but I'm not going to stop playing it. You know? Oh yeah, I, I, this is this is parallels my story about playing Dark Souls one for the first time very very well. Yeah, and and sometimes and like um, so Dark Souls one, you know, like I've I've done all kinds of different sorts of of playthroughs, but there's like I, another nice memory I have is when I got to New Game Plus on my soul level one run and i was helping people um you know i put my sun sign down and so and, and and like because i had an upgraded pyromancy flame i was able to just sort of run through the level like and if they hadn't killed the the black knight that was there i could just throw one fireball at him and that would kill him you know mm-hmm. and, and 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 just thinking like how terrifying that area was um on the first time through and, and how how much work it was to get through it and in the end you know it's so it really is it's now it's so easy you know you'd kick yourself if you died in the parish for whatever reason you know <laughs> you know it's just carelessness if you die there mm-hmm. but i like the fact that you still can like if you do get careless like the world is still oh. dangerous even though like you have accumulated all this experience and gear like it's still it still can oh. very readily kill you yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm quite a cautious, like, uh, I'm quite a cautious player of the game anyway. Um, and even when I went on to, yeah, I, I, and it's actually only been recently that, um, so I, I went back to Dark Souls 2 about two months ago. I played it when it came out, as I said, and, and like, and I enjoyed it well enough. And I thought, ah, it's not, it's not the equal of the first one. It's not, it doesn't have that attraction. Um, I had a hundred, like, I'd, what do you call it? You call it platinuming on the, the PlayStation. I can't remember what you call it. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's what I, yeah. that's what I always said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a hundred percent of Dark Souls, um, the first one, um, which you know it takes a while, and you know, have to go through a, a bunch of things, and um, and so like I really knew that game, I knew it really, really well, mm-hmm. and uh, had a couple of one bro runs, and had a couple of like challenge runs of different sorts, and then I got to Dark Souls two, and I thought, ah, oh, well, it's not, it's it's not the same thing. I've played through it, finished it. That's that's great, and. Um, I even sourced, you know, I even got listened to Bonfire Sound Chat halfway through um, Dark Souls 2 because I kind of was like, I don't want to be, I'm not one of these these sort of, um, uh, I'm not someone that's going to like stand outside uh, game developers' offices and and demand that they change things or or anything like that. (laughs) But like, I just was quietly, quietly disappointed and had that opinion that, that, you know that's quite a common opinion that yeah it's a really good game it might even have been the best game that came out that year but it's not a classic but you know about two months ago yeah i went back to dark souls 2 and, and started started looking at it again and uh you know so like started a, a new game um 
and I tried the um, the dual wielding. Mm-hmm. And I, initially, I just went into it and, and I thought, right, okay, I'm going to do this because what I'd missed was the DLC. I'd, uh, so I went ahead and got the DLC. And, uh, and of course, it's not the same as Scholar of the First Sin, but it's... Um, like it's got, it's now got all the the extra Aldia stuff in it. And yes, like yeah, they they patched all the Aldia stuff, Aldia stuff yeah. in, but none of the uh, new enemy placements and new item placements and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought, well, I'll just give it a go and see what it's see what it's like now. And uh, there are two things that I did differently. One was um, uh, one was trying out the dual wielding, um, and the other thing was the um, what do you call it? It was raising the uh, the stats that give you the iframes. What's that called? Like adapt- adaptability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and suddenly it clicked. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and then I realized there are still some things that sort of frustrate me about the like the controls, and one of them is like the way that you switch weapons. Like it always seemed like in Dark Souls, when you queue up these things like so you could roll like so you could like roll away from someone and, and equip your bow like mm-hmm. with the same so you could be pressing like a B and um to roll and also hitting the the D pad at the same time to change you know your yeah, weapon to swap your primary weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I, like and it seemed like it queued up when you did it on Dark Souls one and Dark Souls two it doesn't it like you have to wait until you finish something to do something else which still slightly frustrates me it's funny that you bring that up because like that was um that those buffering things were a cause of of, like a lot of pvp like weirdness like you could get away doing like a lot of weird stuff by like you know pre-buffering in moves and things like that like a lot of the high level pvp stuff is just crazy with that yeah 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 and um because you can also do like uh like uh weapon swap glitches so like if you yeah. which would let you uh buff items or buff weapons that shouldn't be buffed so like and this is uh-huh. this is even in dark souls 2 to an extent but like you could okay. you know put a crystal magic weapon on top of the moonlight great sword and just do extra magic right. damage which is just ridiculous like that's a dumb broken thing so yeah they, they did try to fix yeah, it in I dark could... souls too yeah I, I do quite like the dumb broken things though like you know you know like there's something <laughs> There's something quite endearing about it as as well. Like uh, like recently when I when I went back to Dark Souls One, I've discovered that um, item duplication glitch where you can like roll and and and, uh, and sort of dupe the like soul of Ornstein or something like that. Yeah, so that you yeah. Just, like and um, and I'm like this. Like thank goodness this didn't exist, or I didn't know about this uh, when. When I was playing through it the first time, you know, it would have completely changed, you know, my experience with the game and that kind of struggle and survival thing. You know, it's I'm, I'm, I'm although like it's kind of it's kind of fun now to just get yourself ridiculously overpowered or whatever. But I, see, on the other hand, I don't need it. You know, <laughs> I struggle with that stuff because um, the dupe glitches that existed in Dark Souls One were directly responsible for me enjoying Dark Souls 1 way more than I probably right. would have otherwise. Like, being able to very quickly make uh, PvP builds, gimmick PvP builds, yeah, not feeling like I don't have a lot of 
hundreds of hours invested in like this PvP build that may not just work out. Like I can just delete it and start something over because I had, I could, you know, there was the bottomless box glitch where you could just put a bunch of stuff in a bottomless box and then start your new character with all the stuff that was in that bottomless box. And then eventually that got to the point of save exploits where you could literally just download a save and put it on your 360 and you would have literally 99 of everything or plus five or 10 of all weapons. And a lot of people use that to cheat, which is a, which was a real big bummer. And I think that was, that's kind of over the line, but like to make a dumb, goofy, like karmic justice build, for example, like, I think that's what that stuff is made for. So I, 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 I recognize that, the, that a game is a game and, and they want you to play it. But man, sometimes like, especially in a game that's 40 hours, I'm like, just give me the good stuff. I know exactly what I want to do. And it doesn't involve playing through 30 more hours. Yeah, I guess I guess with me is like nowadays first thing, like if, um, like if I'm playing Dark Souls one, I'll probably, you know, run like the I'll get I'll have the master key or run the wrong way through the Valley of the Drakes. I'll try and get the the halberd, Black Knight halberd. If I don't get that, then you know I'll just make sure that I get all the, you know, do all the shortcuts to get all the embers that i can you know and uh be you know drain anorlondo as soon as uh, not anorlondo new londo ruins like you know just go straight down there and shoot what's his head and you know get the key to the seal and straight and just you know get the get a plus 15 weapon before i before i fight ornstein and small and all this sort of thing <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, and uh yeah and i and it's just so nice that you have this um I don't know, like this familiarity with, with this terrifying world. I I I do remember the, the, the moment that like that I because I used to really struggle with the uh with the stray demon, mm-hmm. like just the arena that he was in and, and that like he's and then I think I worked out, you know, the best way to for me, anyway, to beat him was to was to use attacks that caused bleed. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing my one pro run, I, uh, I I fought him with the reinforced club and had him like bled out and beat him like on the first time. First time I tried that, um, climbed up the ladder at the other side, um, and there was the the black knight um, that's in front of in front of the uh the peculiar doll and he ran up to me i parried him um and then i think yeah i think you have to parry him three times uh if you're if you've got a maxed out sure. um, but, yeah, I, I don't know yeah, I just yeah just and uh, um just whatever it was whether it was twice in a row or three times in a row just bang 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 got and um and I just realized that's it. I'm not afraid of the game anymore, um, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of sad. But I don't know if uh, just the first time that I ever went back to the asylum in the game, I still remember like getting going, all oh, right, okay, I know this. Oh, guy, oh, those guys have got torches now. That's a bit weird. Um, and, and then going, you know, back through that. You know, I sort of almost expected something to be dropping down on me when you get to the asylum, asylum demons uh, room. So ran away straight away to down to the right where the bonfire is, and okay, right, okay, I'm all right. And then, and when you go through that, that corridor, instead of the the hollow shooting arrows at you, there's just the silhouette of the of the of the black knight, 
And I was absolutely terrified. Like my total, my heart was like right up in my throat. I was like, oh my God, what's happening here? You know, like the first time that you go back to this island, like the thing you thought was familiar and, and there are these like sort of terrifying silhouettes in the distance. And you're like, I can't, how do you do this? You know, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and then, you know, just a few, I, I guess for me, it must have been like a few hundred hours later. You know, you're just like, yeah, there ain't no thing. You know, you're just parry, parry, down you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's so much of it um, is like, is how scared you are mm-hmm. of. You know, well, it's, it's how used you are to the mechanics too. Like that was that's the big challenge with going into Dark Souls yeah. for the first time is you know realizing that you, you can't just smash the attack button over and over again and expect to get away with that. And I I'm even guilty of that. Like running through New Game Plus, like we talked about earlier about how like mm-hmm. even the dumb mobs can kill you. Like if you're because you just you get yeah. used to like oh well I have like a plus fifteen weapon and I can just whack 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 and then you do that to a black knight yeah. and then all of a sudden you're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and, and at the same time, there's always that, like that moment where you might have bitten off more than you can chew, and like you've maybe aggroed one too many follow soldier or something, and you realise, oh, the only way I can get out of this now is like with a parry, and then you nail the parry, <laughs> and then there's, you've just got enough time to like take that one guy out. And then get your shield up before the next guy comes, and and like you turn the tide of battle just by yeah that familiarity with the mechanics and well, and, and even just uh, having that much control of your character that you can you can think in your head, okay, I need to parry, and then I need to block, and then I need to roll back, then I need to regain my stamina, and then I need to parry again. Yeah. Like having that much control just via controller of a character was kind of was kind of a new thing for me, and not very many games come close to to touching it, which is why it's so hard to play games other than Dark Souls after you play Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, and I've, I'm really struggling with that. <laughs> like, um, I uh, so in my, my trip back to Dark Souls Two, like at a certain point, I, I thought, right, okay, I'm going to try and hundred percent this, and I, and I nearly have got. Uh, there's one, well, I guess there's two achievements because there's an achievement for getting all the achievements. Mm-hmm. But so the only achievement I still need to get is the one that you have all the miracles. And to yep. do that, I need to get the sunlight spear, which means I need to get sunlight medals. And no one else in this game, uh, in the world anymore on Xbox 360, and I can't get like anyone to summon or summon me. Or <laughs> so, what is there's one there's, enemy in the game that drops sunlight medals, right? But the re, the redrop rate yeah. is ridiculously low, if I remember right. It's, it's hysterical. It's only the the falconers that appear in things betwixt the new game plus. Oh god! Oh no! Wait a minute. There's them, but there's also there's the, there's those weird uh, beasties. What are they called? Um, the the ones that throw dark magic that have got someone sitting on their shoulders. Oh, in Earth and Peak, yeah, yeah. Or, or in Harvest Valley. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, bro. Yeah, man, and neither one of those well, enemies are guys, tough, but man, having to grind them out for sunlight metals would be the worst. Yeah. So the, the thing, the things betwixt is the way you do it, I think, and. I, uh, I've kind of hit a point where I'm like, I, do I really, like, it's just a number. Why would you? you know? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you um, spend this much time doing it? <laughs> yeah. If I guess if I'd realized on New Game that I wanted to do this, then I might have had, uh, you know, I might have had a better chance of, of like, getting more summons at that point. But now my soul memory is really high and, 
and so there's yeah it's, it's i'm left with just farming these guys but like as i say like i, I was um I realized that okay right i'm going to do this and how am i going to get better at the game and how am i going to get enough souls to level up and all this sort of thing and then people were like well just fight the rotten like and use bonfire aesthetics mm-hmm. and I was like, okay right we'll try, we'll try this it gets a bunch of souls um and you you stick the that armor that gives you the extra souls on and you put a, a, a mimic head on your head or whatever and um you know and I was using, I was dual wielding um, Espada Roperas with the Leo ring and, and like, so I thought, right, okay, I can do this. And I got so good at beating the Rotten. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was incredible. Like, and, and it, it, gave me, it gave me real trouble, like, the first couple of times I played through it. But it was that moment where you were just like, it's isn't uh this isn't something that's scary or intimidating anymore this is just like i see like the tell of of, of the beginning of this pattern so i press this button you know mm-hmm. i all oh, that looks like he's going to, he's charging up at such and such a move so i can i roll back twice from that you know and and um it became like the most mechanical i've ever felt like doing a souls game i know that with so many bosses like you spot the patterns and you know what to do, but with, but like, um, like with just sort of farming the rotten, I actually became like a kind of like a game inside the game for me. And uh, in fact, I think like my uh, <laughs> the, the bonfire intensity level of the rotten is like like thirty or something like that on, <laughs> on, on that picture. And it, and it, it lasted far beyond the point where I actually needed any souls or anything. It was just like this is kind of fun, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to have this like sort of and, and you know the, the poor guy. Uh, I don't know. Do we still think he's that, that was Pharos at one time? I remember that was the theory. Yeah, I, I don't think it's been proven or disproven either way it's, because not, he, Pharos doesn't really come up in the DLC much. I think he's got. Yeah. I think he you find a mask of Pharos, but it doesn't really. Yeah. It's really just a giant dad mask, and nobody really cares. Like it doesn't really shed any more light on the lore. Yeah, and the whole it's, point of that, anyway, is that is that is, isn't there things like like the story of of Pharos is is such that there are lots of things that people say are to do with Pharos that aren't. You know, yeah, you can definitely read a lot into it if you wanted to. Yeah, it's funny hearing you talk about beating the rotten so many times because when uh, Scholar of the First Sin came out, I picked it up on PS4 and. Mm-hmm. To get to, um, I didn't want to farm all of the PvP stuff to get the last couple of spells, so you had to go into New Game Plus 2 in order to get to Welliger, so you could buy Wrath of Gods and whatever the other one is, Pyromancy. Um, So to do that, I got into New Game Plus 2, and I just camped out at the Rotten so that I didn't have to go through the whole game and beat the Four Lords again. So I did the exact same thing. Like I, I, I sat there and just yeah. bonfire aesthetic and bonfire aesthetic and got it up to like 23, 24 levels yeah, yeah, yeah. and earned, uh, you know, 8 million souls or whatever I needed to get to the Shrine of Winter to, so I can just knock it out real quick. And then thinking the entire time, just like you were of like, it's it's just a number. And on PlayStation, it's not even a number. Like it's just a trophy. Like it's just a completion. But like something yeah. just made me have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I know, like I'm saying, like who has the time to sit there and, and, and like farming these these falconers 
but I'm going to do it. Like, it's going to happen at some point. You know? <laughs> I'm going to go in there. I, oh, and the best tip that I found was, like, if you join the um, the Champions Co- Covenant, they don't despawn after, after you kill them 12 times. Yeah. And that, like, I didn't know that when I started farming them. So, like, I burnt a few bonfires at it. But, like, now, yeah, that does make it. Thank goodness for the wikis, but like we we like we really need the <laughs> the brave men and women that have uh, you know sacrificed so much to bring us the yeah um, the souls wikis. They're 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 absolutely essential. I mean, it's uh, it, it's pretty crazy how like I, I'm like I wouldn't say essential, but just how valuable they are to like the average player. Yeah, yeah. Have you listen? Have you ever done something that? Um, you've not seen anyone else do in, in the Souls games because there was some there's something I'm thinking about that I've never seen anyone else do that that, that I discovered. I, it's really really trivial, but I, and maybe because you're maybe a bit more plugged in than I am, so you can tell me if you've seen someone else do it. Mm-hmm. You know how people worked out you could kill Manus from outside the boss fog mm-hmm. by. Um, you know, shooting arrows, and then the trajectory of them would, like, the way they curve down, would uh, would hit him. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if you could do that. You could do the same thing with the um, the Titanite demons that are in sense. Yeah. You know where you find <clears throat> at the uh, bottom of the uh, like, at yeah. the bottom of the uh, very very bottom of sense. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go into where you find Logan into those cages there's like a cage that you can you can like there was there's nothing in the cage it's there's no reason for you ever to go in it but if you go into that cage and sort of do the same trick sort of just aim your arrows into space they'll curve down and they'll and they'll clip the titanite demons so you can actually and and you you maybe remember they're really awkward because like you go around a corner and there's one like right there yeah, it's really hard one. to not aggro the both of them, <laughs> and then you're uh-huh. and you're in, you're in like waist hot water, so you're not really running fast either, if I remember right. Totally. Yeah, yeah, or, or, or sticky tar or something. Who knows mm-hmm. what it is? But you can actually go up and you can you can uh, ease them. I've only done it once because it took lots and lots of arrows. But um, I was kind of thinking, do you know, maybe someone in the wiki would would, would care to know about this sort of thing. But like, is is, is there stuff that you've discovered? Like, because I know that you did, you, you've done so much PvP, and that like, aren't you like one of the one of the two people that have ever used karmic justice? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never heard of killing the uh, the Titanite demons from the from one of Logan's cages up there. So that's, I don't know if yeah, that's. You, you may want to look around if that's on YouTube, but if it's not, like, post a video about it and then link it on the wiki page. I'm sure that kind of stuff would get appreciated. I'm sure it's of absolutely no use to anyone. Like <laughs> it's just, um, it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's pretty trivial. But I uh, know, like, um, I mean, you see the work that people put into, like, you know, working out what the drop rates of things are, and 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 uh, the testing that's like that went into uh, finding. What are they called again? Little things that appear if you drop certain items. Oh, the uh, vagrants. Vagrants, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, um, the, illusory wall spent like an yeah. incredible amount of time figuring that out. And uh, former guest of the show, illusory wall, uh, 
spend an incredible yeah, yeah. amount of time doing that. Like go hit his blog up for like their testing procedures and yeah. stuff. Like it's, it's just insane. It's yeah. Amazing. I mean, like there's so many people that like just do so much great stuff and get so many people into it. And you know, like I, I'm, I, like my, I have other sort of hilariously niche interests beyond, uh, you know, playing the guitar and um, and playing darts. So it's like I'm also kind of big into Italian medieval poetry, and like um, so many, like the, this is going to sound ridiculous, but like the scene is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. In that, like, there are these sort of intricate things that someone has created and left out there, like, as an artifact. And then the the way that people like sort of approach it in different ways that get that then create so much enthusiasm in other people, not necessarily to like go and do what they've done, but to just appreciate the depth of what's there. So when like illusory wall does. You know things like the vagrant testing. It doesn't make me go and um, you know it doesn't doesn't make me want to go and do similar tests or even make a game that's like that. But it just deepens your appreciation of, of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same way that you know when people look at um, let's say um, like Dante's poetry and say. Oh my goodness! Have you noticed that, like, what the way he sets up this rhyme here is actually a reference to this other poem by his friend that was written ten before, and 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 look how the texts link with each other, and and you realise, you know, you it does make me want to go and read all of, um, uh, you know, every medieval Italian poet or anything like that. <laughs> That's just, just you know, it kind of strengthens your your bond with with the text i guess if that doesn't sound too fancy this seems like it's a like an untapped market like all you need to do is like fake an australian accent and you can be the vati video of uh (laughs) italian medieval poetry like you could start your own youtube channel and just like edit some cool looking cg together like that should be easy yeah i mean i used to to, like uh i used to teach some of that when i like at university um i did a was a lecture for a little while and like I used to get far too into these things, you know, like, and I'd just be like, like guys, look how good this is. It's just so good. Look how, <laughs> look how clever it's so good. And people would just be looking at me like, just tell me what I need to do to pass the exam, sir. You know, sort of thing. Like, I don't really need to be enthusiastic. I just need a degree. And I'm like, oh no, look, it's so beautiful. <laughs> so much work has gone into this, you know? Uh, so yeah, yeah, like, uh, the vati of, of, of Italian Italian poetry. It sounds good. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I, I wonder if I could get Patreon for that. I, you know, I'd, I would probably kick you a couple of dollars just because the concept sounds so crazy. I'll be honest with you. And I don't like, there's maybe two Patreons that I support right now. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty stingy with my money when it comes to Patreons for whatever reason. So like that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like it's, it's funny. I'm really glad of the of the stuff that I've got from the Duckfeed Patreon because it's uh, like when when the first came out, I I had uh, like I had a, a good job and I was teaching at the university and all this sort of thing. So I was like like right on their top tier of things, um, mm-hmm. and so I was getting like the packages from them and 
like handwritten notes and that was all lovely and I was like and then I was looking how much it was costing them to send it like to Scotland and I'm like guys you're spending all the money I'm giving you on postcards like you've got to stop it and then I lost yeah and then like circumstances changed and I had to go down to like the lowest and then it was only like a little while ago that I realized oh if I if, if I did like the second lowest amount I could get the Slack channel and and uh, and that's supposed to be really good and everything like that. So, like I've got so much out of that of the things that they've been able to do with that Patreon. And oh, are you a fan of the the monster in my podcast? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's that's what a so great good. yeah, what a great format that is for people that don't uh, <laughs> that may not listen like. Gary and Cole from that you pretty much everybody knows from Bonfire Side Chat, and um, hopefully by the time this comes out, they both of their episodes have been released because um, they're oh, both cool. they're both going to do episodes on for Don't Give Up Skeleton. But uh, they uh, they do a five to seven minute podcast where they take a monster from a D and D manual and just talk about it, and it is there's something about just how quick and sharp that the both of them are and then how brief the podcast is that it just makes it so much fun to listen to. And it's, they're just going alphabetically as far as I can tell. Like it's really, really great. And, and, and I feel that the, the, the cold sense of humor really shines in that, in that one. Cause so, so often it's like Gary that's, that, that does like the goofy, funny stuff mm-hmm. in their longer form podcast, but, but but Cole manages to like get we can get a few one liners in and things like that and I'm finding yeah I'm really enjoying their dyna- dynamic uh, on on this sort of short podcast. I imagine they record like a whole bunch of them at once. Although I don't know. Um, that, that's I mean I, like- I don't have any insight into that. I, I know that they like on if you're if you're on their Patreon and you have access to their like Patreon early access feed that a lot of times they come out or like three or four will come out early. So I'm, I'm assuming right. they're like recording a bunch at a time and then releasing them throughout the week. So yeah. Uh, God, this, mm-hmm. They work so hard at this place. They, you, they really this do. must be a hard job as well. What you're doing now, do you just, are you, do you, you do a lot of ed- editing for this or do you just like pretty much put out the raw feed? Cause you might, like if you don't do much editing, then you've got you've got some really articulate guests that've been on the ones I've heard. <laughs> um, I've been lucky so far that I don't have to do a lot of editing, uh, and when I do, it's yeah. mostly um, like because part of the reason I wanted to start this show was to get people that you know don't podcast and don't have YouTube channels. Like I I want people yeah. that do that as well. Like and that's why I've had like the Twin Humanities Boys on and Illusory Wall and people like that, but. Also, people like uh, Catherine or Adam or Lane that, you know, haven't really been on a microphone before. Um, so sometimes I have to, you know, adjust their audio for to make it sound a little better and to remove noise yeah. and things like that. Um, it's very, very rare that I have to, like, clip out things. And if it if it is, it's usually something that like, oh, hey, hold on. my You know, my wife just walked in. And I have to have a conversation or can we take a break for two minutes or something like that, that kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah. you know, between that and just slapping the Demon Souls music at the beginning and the end, it's it's pretty easy. So. Can't co- I can't <laughs> complain that it's a lot of work. And I for like even with Dark Inside, I very much enjoy the uh, editing that podcast because I usually get to put like a bunch of music in and stuff. So like I enjoy audio editing enough that I just I like doing it. And then. I'm not releasing like 10 podcasts a week like the Duck Feed guys are, which is like a ridiculous yeah. number of podcasts. So anyway. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, did, a, I did a podcast about um, like soccer, about Scottish, Scottish football. 
mm-hmm. um, about one particular football team. It was Partick Thistle, which is like a, a team obscure enough that I imagine that people uh, outside of uh, outside of Scotland have barely heard of them. But say the we, say the team name again for me. I couldn't hear you. Partick Thistle. Partick Thistle. <laughs> Man, no, I, yeah. I watched English Premier League and stuff. Like I, I watched a lot of football, and I, yeah, I don't, I've never heard of that before at all. No. <laughs> um, have you, do you have any, any idea of like the sort of history of of English football? Like, would you know like players from the eighties or nineties or anything like that? No, to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't. Um, my wife is into no, it a lot more just, than than I am. Uh, and so I've just kind of picked up stuff from her, uh, but it's all like modern stuff. Like we, she's a real big, big uh, she likes Spain and we watch Barcelona and Real Madrid. And then like, um, you know, like we follow Arsenal and Man City and all that stuff. So like, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know the history very well at all. No, no. It's just because there's like, if you go back like a, a few years, you might have, there might be players that played for Park Thistle and then went to other teams or came uh, gotcha. or, or vice versa, you know what I mean? And, and uh, so the biggest, the most famous one is probably Alan Hansen, who does a lot of the, still does a lot of the, the television coverage here, but he was a really famous Liverpool player in the 70s and 80s. Gotcha. When Liverpool were really good. And so he was, he's like our most famous former player, I guess. But uh, yeah, so like it's a it's a fairly obscure team, and Scottish football is is terrible. You know, it is <laughs> it is like it is like really sort of slightly perverse that anyone ever... <laughs> slightly perverse. I'm gonna have to tell my wife that she'll get a kick out of that. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's kind of weird that anyone would ever you know watch it or or pay money to to, to be involved with it. But anyway, we used to do this podcast, and we used to like sort of relish the fact that we would like sort of slap an iPhone down like in the middle of a table and like we'd all just talk and we would try and and, and and do it like in like the cafe that was near the ground. Oh wow. Um, yeah. And so like you'd hear like people coming in like just before a game, you know, people would be coming in and eating, you know, like they're like getting a, a milkshake or having a coffee or something like that. And we'd all and we'd be you know, someone would come over and Put put the stuff down on the table so you could actually hear it, and you'd hear the accents of the people behind you. You know, people that were going to the game. And it sounds like it would have a lot of atmosphere listening to it. I don't know yeah. if the audio quality would be great, but it would probably have a no. lot of atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people seem to like it. You know, like it was. Uh, so there was like no editing. We're not talking about souls anymore. This is terrible. Yeah, we, we should we should probably bring it back to souls for a minute. But I'm, I'm sure my listeners don't mind like a, a brief you know excursion into yeah, Scottish football awful. league, even as terrible as it is. Um, well, real quick, like we've talked about Dark Souls one and two. Have you have you got a chance uh, to play Demon Souls at all, or is it just no access no, to a I, PS3? No, I've never never been never been fortunate enough. Um, yeah, so like that's something I'm going to have to remedy at some point. Um, I, like I, I chose instead to sort of consume Demon Souls, and eventually I decided to do Dark Souls three through um, Epic Name Bros. Um, you know, uh, let's plays mm-hmm. because, yeah, like, because I really appreciated like the stuff that he did on Dark Souls one. Um, less so on Dark Souls two because he was clearly completely burnt out. By the time he was, yeah. he was he after was he finished that was, book and everything else, uh, like I'm sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
and it like it was a while before I decided. Listen, there's no, uh, there's no possibility of a PS4 or a, or an Xbox One in in the near future. Um, so I might as well, you know, because it's going to get spoiled for me, and by because, you know, Twitter or. Or, or yeah, if or if you other. followed if you follow Souls people on Twitter, like I mean, like today the DLC got like the trailer was announced, and like my entire feed is full of nothing but people talking about the DLC, which basically means you're talking about yeah. like all of the stuff that's in Dark Souls Three. So it's it's yeah, it's, totally. and, and it's, yeah I, 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 even if I wanted to avoid it, like there are people saying that's just um, that's you know um, that's the painted world. Like I've seen someone say, like on Twitter, no picture or anything, but saying it, that's just the painted world, and it's like I know I must I know what you're talking about. Like I don't know if you're right, but you're clearly speculating that something in Dark Souls Three is just like a return to the painted world. Yeah, the painted world. I'm 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 not I don't agree with that. I seem to be in the minority on Twitter today that because there's there's a couple of screens that look a lot like the painted world, and then there's some like concept art, and then there's like a you know somebody like the character walking over a rope bridge to a castle it's in the snow like and it kind of you know it evokes the painted world i just i just don't think that from would be that obvious about it but you know when this podcast comes out probably two or three months from now the dlc will be out so i want people who are listening to the episode to come tell me how wrong i was that we like literally got a like the screen that the bong noise and the the title card for you know the painted yeah. world or whatever yeah <laughs> but I remember doing that when we saw the um, the I guess it must have been the the, the Dragon Eerie. Yeah, from, uh, yeah, yeah. Too. When we saw that, I was like, "That's the big world. Look, it's a rope bridge." <laughs> Christopher, I literally posted that picture today because someone, uh, and, and, and as part of my argument saying like people always think that this is the painted, this stuff is the painted world and posted the picture because someone made like that image where um, the, like they took the picture of the eerie, 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 dragon eerie, eerie, whatever. Um, and then like in the middle, cut out the middle piece and put the, the painted world bridge in and it lined up so, so, so closely that people were convinced. And yeah, obviously no relation to it whatsoever. Yeah, there's there's a rope bridge at the start of uh, well, yeah. Battlefield hmm. Company too. That that's the painted world, right? It's not <laughs> it's not yeah. like like a Japanese super wet thing. It's it's, it's Priscilla. Like <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, it's all part of the same continuity, you know. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah From it's Battle- been secretly yeah, making Battle- Battlefield and Call of Duty games. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. yeah. The deep that's, lore that, like, that, that everyone is, is is accustomed to in the Battlefield and Call of Duty games. Totally. Goes from Gwent and the Chandra, you know, and then in Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne is like the the 1900s in London, and then, you know, World War Two, and, and onwards, you know, up into, you know, advanced modern warfare or whatever. Well, it's, like, Dark Souls yeah, is, is the modern warfare game, and Bloodborne is the, uh, what is the other, the... Oh, the one with the numbers. I don't ever remember. I don't play Call of Duty, but it's like that other uh, series that they have, like the Black Ops. Is it Black? Modern maybe. Warfare and Black sure. Ops. Yeah, Black Ops sounds good. <laughs> From making a first-person shooter would be pretty hilarious. I mean, I know they've done that with the Kingsfield games back in the day, but yeah, that's yeah. What do you well, think is next from them? You know, that's actually the question that I usually end on on these podcasts. So I was going to ask you that that same thing. Uh, I very much want Bloodborne too, personally. Uh, as yeah. The, the idea that I've had and worming around in my head, and um, I've said this a couple of times on the podcast, but like as weird gothic horror stuff happening in like the American Old West, 
seems like it'd be like a really cool weird fit um because you would have some cities that you could go through and then you could also have like some deserts and like you can even get into some like forest stuff but like that that sounds like enough of a departure from the mm-hmm. i don't think it was victorian and in, in bloodborne but like that weird that that like kind of english like city landscape yeah. um it would be enough of a departure to make it interesting and like you could have all new gods and you could have whole, whole new churches that have developed and all kinds of stuff but uh I don't know. What about you? What, what are you looking forward to from them? Well, see, there's, yeah, like there, there are three things that spring to mind. And one of them is kind of, I think, been taken away because I thought a Berserk game would be kind of cool. But I guess there's, they're making a Warriors Berserk game. I feel so, like they've made I, like three Berserk games now. <laughs> yeah, I kind of have to, but I, I just, something to sort of explicitly and, and, and uh, you know, but then that might take the build thing away from you. Um, yeah. the, the Lovecraft sort of influenced stuff and the, the things that they do with um, like this kind of really uh, incisive look at, at, um, at, at I guess Christianity and Catholicism in particular like that was something that struck me about um, I guess it must have been the last Bonfire Side chat where they were like talking about uh, what's his name? The Devourer of Gods, Audric. Oh yeah, and uh, and and Gary was like devouring a god. That sounds really really cool. And I'm like, well, that's what that's what Catholics do every Sunday, you know. That that's that's literally the foundation of 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 Christianity is, or, or that particular brand of Christianity is that you eat God, and uh, and and so much of the. Like really clever stuff, and, and and in fact, that's the thing that kind of unifies Dark Souls for me with Bloodborne. From what I've seen of Bloodborne, it is that kind of sort of the taking literally and the playing with the tropes of Christianity, like through this, I guess, sort of um, Shinto flavored worldview. Like, and it's like you do, you know, you do what you celebrate, like a Eucharist, where you literally. The bread becomes the body of your god. That's 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 kind of weird, you know. And uh, and and of course you're right because the, they're right because that is yeah you know sort of symbolic understanding. So something that goes deeper into those kind of basic. It, it, it's kind of like cool to have someone like Miyazaki or or, or, or that kind of sensibility looking at Western stuff and saying, goodness, isn't this kind of strange? The same way, I guess, that we do with Japanese stuff. So the, the Lovecraft, the old the American Old West, that is really attractive. That sounds really cool. The other thing is, I'd kind of like them to make an armored core game that I could get into, that I could understand. You know? Yeah, the, the rumor is that they're they're making an armored core game because they've, they've kind of right. said they've got projects in the works, and one of those is a reboot to an old franchise, which... Like looking wow. at their old games, like Armored Core <laughs> makes the most sense. Like there's a, yeah. a severe dearth of cool mech games out there. So, right, yeah, yeah. Because I'm not. I mean, I'm not especially into mechs or anything like that. But that's that 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 would be quite cool. But I I hope they just surprise me. You know, like something that. Um, but yeah, they that this kind of how about Lovecraft? You know, because Lovecraft did some like sort of Californian stories, or how about this? something to do with um like a, a setting that i would really like to see done well 
is some sort of weird fiction thing based around Raymond Chandler. Sure. Like yeah. Philip Marlowe. No. Oh yeah. Like yeah. What, what if you took like something like L.A. Noir, but it all went weird? <laughs> yeah, it starts getting strange. Like a LNR meets. Uh, well, I mean, that could be like your. That could be your Bloodborne too, right? Like a, a descent into yeah, weird really, madness and and crazy yeah, yeah. critters and cosmic overlords and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Instead, like you think it's a werewolf game, it's not a werewolf game. You think it's uh, you think it's LNR too, and it's not. You know that 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 that'd be cool. That'd be cool as well. But yeah, this, this all sounds. I just be exciting to see what they come up with this. Yeah, and, and hopefully they're kind of free of Dark Souls now as well, if they finally manage to like please the fans in every way, you know? <laughs> I think they've done pretty much all they can do, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. I mean, they pleased, they pleased me with the first one, and it's just so nice to go back to the second one again, like to kind of have a second go at it and realize, no, actually it is. Yeah, I mention yeah. this all the time, and it's it's something weird to think about that like Dark Souls as a video game has totally changed my life. Like I have, I have friends that I have met that I wouldn't otherwise have met. I have like projects that I'm doing, and like people that I talk to and interview, and things that I do like that all would have never happened if it wasn't for this dumb video game on the Xbox 360. Like that's a ridiculous yeah. thing, and it but it shows you, like I mean, you mentioned Kez McDonald earlier, like she was one of the two people that wrote a book about dark souls. Like that's an insane thing. Like Gary and Cole yeah, totally. have spent hundreds, if not probably into the thousands of hours at this point, talking about it on their podcast. And that's an insane thing. Like, it's just a, it's a pretty impressive feat for a single video game. Yeah. But it's not that different. I mean, like not to take the literature thing too far, but that's what people do with the things that inspire them, you know? And if you look at it and you really enjoy something and sometimes it can repay your efforts and sometimes it can't like I, I, I recently played uh, Alpha Protocol and I thought yeah that's fine that was pretty good and I played through it a couple of times so I got like a couple of different sort of endings to it and I, I probably won't touch it again and that was it was good and I enjoyed it but it's not going to inspire me to, to think about it you know to, to, to you know to to be questioning like even the things i was saying about like how you know we can look how you know something souls tells us about um religious practice or 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 a different perspective on on ritual or something like that you know that like even a good fun game with a good story you know they don't all do that but but souls seems to repay it you know well, Christopher, thank you very much for coming on. Um, just to let the listeners know, like this was a kind of a last minute thing. Uh, like, yeah. I had I had a scheduling snafu on my side where I, th- I thought I had something scheduled today and I didn't, um, and put the call out and you answered, and I, this just worked. This and this was very very awesome. So, thank you very no, much for coming on at the last much. minute. No, I really enjoyed it, and like uh, since I, since I joined uh, Slack, this uh, Slack channel for Duckfeed, I've been meaning to say, "Oh, please put me on your list." And then I just on Twitter while you said, um, "Yeah." So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just really pleased to, to, have, to, to, have, to have spoken to you. I've been a, a fan of your contributions to the the, the bonfire side chats that I've, that, that I've heard. Because you, are you the person that's been on it the most? 
I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because I did. Yeah, I did a couple of PvP episodes in season one. Yeah. I usually always try to stick around for their uh, appendix episodes. So if you count those in, I'm. I think I'm well above the curve. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a position that I'm not going to uh, let go of. Like I'm just going to keep fighting to stay on stay on the top. So. Yes. But thank you again. Where can uh where where can people find you on the internet? Well, yeah, like if you want, like there's, I'm not doing much. I've wrote a few articles for a website called Midnight Resistance, which oh, is yeah. a UK based thing. Yeah, so I wrote an article for them about Skyrim a few years ago, which got nominated for Games Media Awards um, Excellent. in the UK, which was kind of cool. I've written things for them on Dark Souls. But, like, yeah, I'm Manly J Panda uh, on, <laughs> on Twitter. Which uh, was came from the time I was in a band called the Manly Pandas. Gotcha. Okay. I was Manly J Panda, lead singer. Well, excellent. <laughs> thank, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. No, it's all. No, I really enjoyed that. Thanks very much for for having me. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast on Twitter at DGUS Podcast. You can also email me to come onto the show. Um, as Christopher mentioned, I have a list of people that I'm, ever-growing list of people that I'm working through week by week to try to get all their stories told. Email address is DGUSpodcast at gmail.com. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you go check out the other ones. If you have some time, leave us a, you know, iTunes review. Tell your friends about it. Tell your mom about it. Tell your dogs about it. Just get the word out there. And remember, no matter what you do, don't give up, skeleton. Skeleton.